guys, it's Tim and this is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Monday and we're here to talk about Monday Night Raw. You got myself, Tim. We've got, which way is it? Luke over this way. Luke, what's going on? What'd you think of Raw? What's going on, guys? I'm doing pretty good. I thought Raw was fantastic tonight. I thought Raw was absolutely amazing. Yeah, really excited during the show. Now, right, here's my question for you then. The whole show? Or most of the show? Because I feel the same way, but most. I mean, I can say most, but definitely got me, some parts got me really excited about the show, though. Oh, yeah. No, I really liked this show. Other than the Ms. Dexter Luma stuff, I thought that was just a death segment. Like, I could see people actually going, man, that sucks so much, I turned the show off. I could see it, because it, it was just, it was a nothing segment. But other than that, I thought the rest of the show was fantastic. I thought the show was great 98% of the time from start to finish. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. So, a great show. Going to be fun to talk about. But we got to get the little rigmarole out of the way because this is, well, watching us right here live on Twitch. Well, if you are watching live, then you watch twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited. Maybe you're watching later, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or listening on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher. Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. I'm looking at the wrong side because my camera used to be over this way. Now it's over this way. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime, and it doesn't even have to be your Amazon Prime account. It could be anybody's Amazon Prime account, whether that's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your grandma, your grandpa, your auntie, your uncle, anybody, your dog walker, your roommate, your roommate's girlfriend's mom. Just be like, hey, you got Amazon Prime? Yeah. Can I link it to my Twitch? Okay, cool. With that Amazon Prime account, you get a bunch of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month, and I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember, if you're watching later on YouTube, you can support us over there by hitting the join button to become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Also remember to head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store. And use our creator code PWUNLIMITED whenever you're buying a new game, whenever you're buying an old game, whenever you're claiming one of the free games or you're getting bucks for Rocket League, Fall Guys, Fortnite, or even Rumbleverse. Use the epic creator code PWUNLIMITED at checkout for all epic games and epic game store purchases. With that, we've got Monday Night Raw to talk about that technically kicked off with DX in the back in what would you call it in gorilla position why am i getting a text message right now what the hell i don't need that okay in gorilla position we've got Shawn michaels we got road dog we got xbox xbox i don't know what i just said there and they're in their dx gear they're ready to go they want to kick off this show they got the energy up then they point off screen and there's triple h in his suit that is headset on he's got the glasses on and they're like hey uh we gotta go out there this is our thing and they make a bunch of jokes triple h is like you know what 
I, I got a show to run. I got to do this stuff now. I'm in charge. And they're like, come on. You could take a couple of minutes. He's like, no, no, no. I trust you guys. Do what you're going to do. Well, we got some parameters now, unfortunately. No swearing. And, of course, they swear they start bleeping it all out. Then they start making cock jokes and this and that. And then Triple H swears. And like, ah, oh, we got you. We got you. You said it, too. And he's like, ah, motherfucker. Then they show these, like, rubber chickens. Like, look at all the cocks. And then, like, Triple H grabs it by the throat or whatever. And then I think it was Road Dog's like, oh, he's choking his chicken. And they make some other jokes. And then finally, Road Dog, Shawn Michaels, and X-Pac walk off. I think there was even... I don't remember if it was here or later. There was a Billy Gunn reference where they said, oh, he's playing with office supplies now or something like that, the scissor thing. And they walk off, the three of them, and Triple H is like, please just don't get in any fights. I'm like, what? These old men are going to get into fights? What, huh? Anyways, it was a funny little segment. I laughed a couple of times. I liked it. Corey Graves, go for it. Do you have something to say? Yeah, I definitely enjoyed this segment. I mean, I laughed a little bit, so. So then, in an interesting turn. So, in commentary for Raw now, is Corey Graves and Kevin Patrick. Kevin Patrick is supposed to be the play-by-play guy. So, he should be the one doing the open. As far as the first person talking. The person that talks the most. Play-by-play guy is supposed to be talking the most. Yet, I felt like Corey Graves had to carry him tonight. Carry Graves... Corey Graves was the first person to talk. Graves was the one doing the cold, the open or whatnot. Oh, since I already says Corey Graves made the Billy Gunn reference. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, I remember I heard it though, but it was just weird because Kevin Patrick should be the one going, Welcome everybody. We're Monday and we're here for Monday Night Raw. We're in the Barclays Center, Brooklyn, New York. But it was Corey. And I felt like through most of the show, Kevin Patrick was just going through the motions. Kevin Patrick didn't have the energy that you would think he should have. And a lot of what he said came off as scripted liners. And I didn't like it. I thought the last time Kevin Patrick was on the show doing commentary, when he filled in with Jimmy Smith, because Jimmy Smith had a week off, I thought he was good. And I'm like, oh, this guy could do this role. But I don't know what it was tonight. But there was just something off. And I felt like Corey had... To carry him. What did you think of Kevin Patrick tonight? I mean, I thought, I mean, I kind of think the same thing you thought, but like, I haven't really seen much of him on commentary. I mean, I've, I think I've heard on before in the past that he was all right. The main event. So I thought like, okay, could be decent on raw. Yeah. Like I agree. I felt like Corey Graves like had to carry him a little mm-hmm. bit. So I don't watch main events. So I've never seen, any of that, but I've seen them the one time he did Raw like two months ago, maybe it was. But I thought Jimmy Smith was great in this role. I thought Jimmy Smith was really, really good. And I just, I don't understand why they replaced him with Kevin Patrick. It's a weird move. And I just, I, I hope Kevin Patrick doesn't, I like Kevin Patrick in his interview stuff. And I like his hosting of the pre-shows. I like that. But there was just something off tonight, and I hope that doesn't hinder him going forward with WWE and them. I just don't know. Like, I don't know how to say it other than, I hope he gets better so I don't fire him. I guess I just should outright just say it. 
because tonight was not a good look for him. A lot of times he would talk, and I'm like, oh, who wrote that line? Oh, sound perfect example. Sounded like the video game where they're just the lines coming out of him, where they've got all the lines they got to say, and then within the video game, it plug and plays where the lines fit, and it's just what it sounded like. Like either he had a script to go off of, of these are certain things you should say, or the whole night someone's feeding him lines in his ear. It just didn't sound 99% of the time natural, if that's the right word to use. I agree with you. I mean, I feel like what else could be like in better roles. I kind of feel like it would be cool if Nigel McGuinness was was head commentator, but he's not with WWE anymore. Well, I mean, Nigel's really good, but he would have been the color guy, the same role Corey Graves is in. So you need that non-wrestler to be the play-by-play guy. It's like in any sport. You've got the actual broadcaster and then the former athlete as the sidekick or the color guy to give the insight of, well, I've done this before, so here's my experience. But yeah. Yeah. I kind of wonder what Nigel's going to do next. I have no clue. No longer with WWE, so we'll see. Which really sucks, because I love Nigel McGuinness on commentary. I thought he was fan-freaking-tastic. The show finally actually gets going, and out comes the bloodline. All of them. Roman Reigns. The Usos. Sami Zayn. Solo Sokoa. Paul Heyman. Reigns said that you're always looking ahead when you're the greatest of all time. Yet, for some reason, he can't stop thinking about last Friday. He said his dad taught him that the loudest one in the room was always the weakest one in the room. Sami Zayn then literally got a scared look on his face like he was about to be kicked out of the bloodline or something because he said that. He's like, the loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room. And Sami goes, oh. And and I thought he was going to reference Sami as well. But then he goes, Jay. We need to talk. And I'm like, oh, where the hell is this going? Zane then interrupts and goes, whoa, 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 whoa. not to interrupt, but you did say last week. Yeah, Uso's my problem. So uh, can I take care of this? Reigns goes to say something. Paul Heyman cuts him off. He goes like this to Paul. He's like, and Paul's like, oh, sorry, my tribal chief. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'm not going to cut you off again. And he's like, you know what? Roman laughs and goes, he is really the honorary use. Take it away. Zane then spoke to Jay, who did his best to ignore Zane and told Jay, Zane told Jay that this behavior as of late has been very oozy. I don't know what that means, but the fans started chanting oozy. Jimmy Uso was kind of amused by that line. He was trying so hard not to laugh. Zane got the crowd to chant for both Jimmy and Solo Sokoa. Jimmy was having fun with this, but Solo remained very stoic. He had the, the you know, I'm not going to sell anything look on his face. Zane then told Jay, he needs to be cool like the rest of them. Jay looked like, or looked straight through Zane and asked Reigns, this rib, you kidding me right now? Well, what's going on here? Reigns basically blew him off. And Sammy was just phenomenal here. Sammy is always Always good, and then out would come Riddle. Matt Riddle would make his way out, and he let us know, yay, 
I beat Seth Rollins in the fight pit. He's getting a title shot tonight. I want a title shot tonight. I know I'm not supposed to ask this because you beat me before with a stipulation of, I can't challenge you anymore, but we're in Brooklyn. I probably put the title on the line. Come on, bro. Is exactly what he said. Crowd starts chanting for it, and Reigns goes, no. Get to the back of the line and stay back there because you ain't allowed to get closer to the front of the line. Riddle said, maybe he should just take on any member of the bloodline then. The crowd chanted for Sammy. And Jay told him, yeah, you should. You should do this. They got in a petty argument. And then there was a weird thing where Riddle said yeet or something like that. And Sammy goes, excuse me, no. That's our word. That's a bloodline's word. That Only family's allowed to say that. Solo and Jimmy and Jay and me. And Riddle's like, you going to fight me? Yeet, yeet. And he's like, that's it. And Jay's like, those are fighting words. And he's like, fine, I'll take you on tonight. And this is really good. I really enjoyed this segment. I thought it was a great way to open the show, set up the main event, and go from there. I wonder what they're going to do with Sammy and Jay Uso. So that's what I've been thinking. I sent out a tweet earlier going, I'm very interested in this whole bloodline thing with Sammy and Jay. For the main reason of, I have no gosh darn clue where it's going. Usually with pro wrestling, whether that's WWE or AEW or most companies, most storylines, you can kind of go, oh, I can see where this is going. Oh, this is probably going to lead to that. I have no idea at all where this Jey Uso, Jimmy, or Jey Uso, Sami Zayn thing is going. And now you got Roman in here where he's playing it up to like, yeah, we all like Sami. What's going on? Da, 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 da. So it's just, it's very interesting because I can't figure it out. And I haven't seen anybody online try to be like, this is where it's going. Or, you know, we're going to break the news of this is the end game. And then, like nothing. It's a, either they don't know, or it's a very well kept secret where this whole thing is going to end up. But I do want to say really quick, thank you to AMB, the real me for the Twitch prime subscription. Really do appreciate that. I mean, I feel like the reason why Jay is upset at Sammy because he feels like Sammy is just trying to be in bloodline as like, like as a joke, mm-hmm. or something, or maybe Jay doesn't want Sammy in the bloodline because he wants the bloodline to be like just blood. True, but I, I think it's more of the first one of he doesn't think Sammy takes everything as serious as he should. Where, in turn, when you look at it, Sammy does actually, in a way, take everything serious and his role of, I will do anything to make sure that the bloodline stays on top. So, in a way, you can say, well, Sammy's not as serious as the bloodline needs to be, but in his own way, he does exactly what someone who was there to, what's the word I'm looking for, help the bloodline succeed do. Like, he's... Not only perfect in his role as far as the performer does go, but the way they're booking this, he's perfect in what he's supposed to be doing as that member of the group. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. And I've also seen, I think I've seen some people like predict this. Maybe it's going to lead to like 
bloodline tourney on Sammy, and it's going to, like, lead to Sammy and some other guys going to fight him in war games. I mean, that's what everyone keeps predicting on Twitter. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, though. Maybe. I mean, that's very possible. I mean, I think one end game for this would be... See, but this is so weird. How, how do you get to them kicking out Sammy when it feels like they all like him except for Jay? Like, what is that turning point where Roman no longer likes him, where Jimmy no longer likes him, where Solo no longer likes him? There is a slight feeling of Heyman may not fully like him. So maybe Heyman's the one that's eventually like, ah, oh, we got to kick this guy out. My tribal chief, he, we don't need him anymore. So maybe it's that. And then Jay gets mad. Oh, I'm going to tell you forever. We'll, I don't know. Now we're trying to fantasy book just to hopefully think there's an uh, end game because maybe they don't even know. And it's just going to keep playing out. Honestly, if I was them, even if like their end game is war games, I wouldn't do it. I would drag this as long as they can because it's gotten over so well. Yes, you don't want to drag it too long to where people get bored with it eventually. But I would try to drag it as much as you can because it's it's working. It's probably the mm, thing working the most for them right now. It's the most over thing. Sami Zayn in the bloodline. I would I would think is their biggest thing right now. I mean, at first... People really just didn't like think much of it. Like people just didn't really like take it seriously. But now I think people love it. Like the fans are loving it. That's what so. makes it even better. That it started as a joke. And you saw that like we're we're talking about of Jay may think he's not serious enough. And that's how it all started. But then eventually Sammy gradually went from, oh yeah, I'm hanging out with the cool kids to no. I'm one of them and will do anything for them. And they did it in a way that the fans gravitated to it. They didn't do it. Like we've seen things where they've tried to do things to make things. How do I? We've seen them do things and then force it. And then the fans are against it. This felt like they didn't have to force it. And the way they gradually did this just worked. And worked phenomenally. So again, I don't know where the end game is going to be. If it is war games, who? Sammy, Owens, and who? You would need. Before maybe Johnny and Drew, I would say, because the three have been teaming a lot. We can go Not a lot, but they they teamed before, right? So I'm trying to think how many we you would need four. You would do Sammy, Kevin. Could you do Riddle? But then uh, Riddle, maybe Riddle. But Riddle and Sammy are the ones that fought. But then they can kind of maybe get over that. Because there was Sammy was being influenced by the bloodline, and that's why he they fought. I don't know. Maybe you got Riddle. Drew. Let's say Go for it. Let's say definitely put Kevin in there. Cause yes. Kevin yes. said in the past, saying like, hey, tell your tribal chief that he knows where to find me. Well, that and the whole you're better than this. You don't, you're better than, he even told Sammy, basically, you're better than this. You don't need them. They need you. And there was like one or two other little things of him trying to tell Sammy, why are you with them? You don't need them. Johnson in the Twitch chat says, RK bro, bro, no. 
Randy Orton ain't coming back anytime soon. But yes, you can maybe add Riddle in there. Drew, I have a feeling he's not done with Cross. But I don't know. Because we've got, when is Survivor Series? It's November what? Survivor Series 2022 is November 26th. So there is one, two, three, four, five, six weeks till Survivor Series. And uh, Crown Jewel is November 5th. Yeah. I would assume they probably want to wait till Crown Jewel is over the, to start building towards yeah, Survivor I, Series. Yeah, I would assume. I could, I could be wrong, but... Yeah, well, I mean... Crown Jewel is, Crown Jewel is November 5th. They got to like hurry up and start building towards more matches. One, two... They got three weeks after tonight, and they built... That's the one thing that... Sh- that was the one thing that shocked me. That they built nothing for Crown Jewel tonight. Like, nothing. And I was shocked because, like, you're saying it's coming quick. There's literally one, two, three more Raws before Crown Jewel. And they didn't, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't even mention it on the show other than Roman's going to fight Logan Paul. And then not a mention of Crown Jewel again. Yeah, you're right. So That was literally the only mention they made about mm-hmm, Crown Jewel. Which is weird. Very weird. The question is, like, what other matches do they add to Crown Jewel that you can think of? Bobby and Brock? Oh, yeah, them, but... Oh, no. You know what they're going to do, right? I just... I it, U.S. title on the line. Oh. Riddle and Seth Rollins for the U.S. title because they're one and one. Seth won, Seth won Clash at the Castle. Riddle won the Fight Pit at Extreme Rules. So maybe Riddle goes, hey... I tried to get a world title shot against Roman last week, and he wouldn't do it. How about you give me a title shot, Seth? I did beat you in the fight pit. Something like that. But would Seth really lose to Riddle, though, for no. the U.S. title? No, I think, I think Seth retains. I think, they go to, I think they go to Saudi, do a U.S. title match, and Seth retains. I think Seth retains. That would, really suck. that would really suck for Riddle. It though. would, but Riddle will be fine because he's still going to be over with the fans and they're always going to cheer him and whatnot. So I think Riddle would be fine. But who? what else could they do? Like, we've got really nothing else that I can think of being built off. Well, hmm, I'm trying to think of, like, what? Maybe another something with Cross and Drew because the way Scarlet got involved, I feel like Drew's not going to be over with that and be like, Oh, Scarlet got involved. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, oh, no. I don't what? want the... My mind just went away that I don't want it to be. Freaking shark, shark cage with Scarlet in the shark cage so she can't get... Scarlet, so she can't get involved. That, that is a weird stipulation. Put her in the shark that cage. Match. To put her in the shark cage, hang her above the ring, she can't get involved. I'm trying to think what... What else they can do? I would, I would not like that at all. I would not like that. Well, yeah, because she's going to use some of her dark magic to get out of the cage, probably. But, like, just thinking of, like, what happened at Extreme... Oh, 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 oh. I know what they could do in freaking Saudi Arabia. The OC, which we'll talk about here soon, and Judgment Day in a six-man tag. Maybe. 
Rhea and Beth? Or they do Edge and Beth versus Finn and Rhea. They could, but then what do you do with the OC? Because they just came back to help AJ against Judgment Day. But I get what you could also do. They could also do Ray versus Dominic. But Ray won't touch Dom. I think you save that for Mania. What if Dom goes? If you can. Or actually, Ray. What if Ray goes? You know what, Dom? If I have to fight you for you to come back, I'll do it. I, but yeah, I do get where you're coming from. They could do it at WrestleMania. I think it's too soon to do it just because Ray only like two weeks ago said I won't touch my son. So I think now it's like too soon maybe. But I'm, I'm trying to think based off of Extreme Rules. Because there was nothing on the show tonight that led me to go like, oh, that's a direction for Crown Jewel or that's a direct Nothing. Like there was almost nothing. That made me think that could be a tease for Crown Jewel. Oh, that could be maybe something for Crown Jewel. But it's like... The Usos haven't defended them tag titles in a while. It was like, what, three Smack, two Smackdowns ago? Maybe they defend their titles. They didn't really tease anybody to go up against Bianca tonight. Maybe they could set up another opponent to face Guther. Yeah, well, that, yeah. It, yeah, I'm at a loss of thinking what could they do for Crown Jewel. And we've got three more weeks. And then that show is here. So they're going to have to come up with some, or not, they probably have an idea, but they're going to have to start telling us soon what that's going to be. Speaking of pay-per-views, we got a Extreme Rules recap video. That quickly showed highlights of every match on the show, including, well, not not including the return of Bray Wyatt, because they showed the whole thing later on in the night. We then had a sub-nine-minute match between Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory. And so later on in the show, we had Candice LeRae versus Bailey. And unless I'm just not thinking of something, what history do Bailey and Candice have? Because commentary stated that, you know, Candice LeRae and Bailey, they're very similar to Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory. Are they really? I don't remember. I don't remember, no. Yeah, I don't know if... I know there wasn't any in NXT because I think Candice came to NXT after Bailey was already on the main Bailey roster. Was our, Bailey was already on the main yeah. roster. I think Candice... I think she sh- she debuted in NXT like I think 2018. I'm looking it up right now. She no, she debuted during NXT Takeover Philly during uh Johnny Gargano versus Andrade. Um, I think that was NXT Philly. So she technically made her debut. She signed in early 20, mid-2017. She was in the Mae Young Classic. And then, yeah, you're right. She officially came on as an actual character and whatnot in 2018 Philly, uh, NXT. In, was that in Philly? I think you're right. Why yeah, is, I, I believe so. Why is this not telling me? Which, yeah, you're right, Philly. So, yeah, that's when she... It was during, uh, during Johnny versus 
Andrade for the NXT Championship. Correct, correct. And Bailey came to the main roster. I want to say. Well, I remember she came up, did like a match or two, and then went back to NXT. Yeah, you're right, 2016, because that's when she won the Raw Women's Championship. Dang, your, your memory's better than mine. Uh, July 24th, 2016. Well, hold on. Uh, yeah. I so, think she teamed with Sasha. So here's what it was. So it was July. Where was it? Hold on. I just lost it. I had it here. Because they did a thing where she was like a mystery partner for Sasha. Yeah. Then she went back to NXT for a couple of months and then came to the main roster. Yes, this is what? July. July at Battleground. She was a... Tag team partner for Sasha went back to NXT for a couple of months and then came back two months later or a month and a half later and was officially on the main roster. Because I think they had her stay in NXT maybe to finish the Oscar rivalry. That's what it looks like. Yeah. 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 So she dropped the title to Oscar. They had their second or they had their match at Brooklyn in Brooklyn. Bailey, yeah, Oscar beat her for the belt. Bailey got a rematch in Brooklyn, a takeover two, takeover Brooklyn two, and that was her final NXT match. Well, no, yeah, it was her final NXT match because her and Sasha went back to NXT once or twice, but Sasha's the one that had the match against EO at Great American Bash. As far as this match goes, so yeah, speaking of, because they were like, oh yeah, the the relationship of these two are just like. The other Gargano, Johnny and Austin. I'm like, no, not really. And it's not like they did anything on the indies together that I can think of, but whatever. This match was really good. I enjoyed Austin Theory and Johnny Gargano as I should have because uh, these two have worked so much together as far as training and just knowing each other and their movements and all that. So this match was as good as I expected. Theory controlled early on after suplexing Gargano onto the apron. Theory applied the Gargano escape, but Gargano escaped and applied the Gargano escape onto Theory. And then he hit a super kick after Theory escaped. Gargano came back with a super kick. Or no, Theory hit a super kick. Gargano then hit a super kick. Suicide DDT. And then the one final beat to pick up the victory. Johnny beats Austin. A Very like, good match. I, I really enjoyed this. Me too. I enjoyed the match. But if that's it, if that if this Johnny Austin thing is over, I kind of feel like this as the end of it was kind of just a good match. But now what? Where does Johnny go? I thought maybe either I thought what was going to happen was Theory was going to use the briefcase to win, and then it leads to some sort of stip match between the two as the final match. But they just had a really good match and. Maybe that's it. Kind of feel like they could have had this match at like a bigger place. Yes, but also we're supposed to think it's the season premiere of Raw, one of the biggest episodes of the year, almost online with the pay per view. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm gonna butcher this name, but we had Uli Lataka Latu Latukafu. I butchered the hell out of that name. Uh, the guy that plays Adult Rock in Young Rock at ringside, which is really cool. Corey Graves is like, man, he looks so much like Rock. I wonder who a younger version of who I can play on that show. And Kevin Patrick's like, I watch you. You want to be on Young Rock? 
thought that was funny. We then had Rey Mysterio versus Chad Gable. But Chad should have won here. Chad's been taking a lot of losses as of late. And I feel like Chad should have won here because Ray would have been fine in defeat, especially with the whole Judgment Day interference stuff. But they got to beat Chad Gable again, unfortunately. But the match itself was awesome. I really liked the seven and a half minute match we got here. Ray took control early. And they went back and forth a couple of times until Rhea and Dominic enter after a commercial break. Ripley wore a makeshift, makeshift Beth armband as if Beth was dead or something. Ray went for a dive, which was caught by Otis, but Ray slipped away and drove him into the ring post. Ray then gave Gable a 619 and a springboard splash to pick up the pinfall victory. After the match, Dominic wanted Ray to hit him, as we've seen over the last couple of weeks. He said, come on, Dad, hit me, hit me, hit me. Ray instead fought off the rest of Judgment Day. Ray went for a 619 on Priest. At least it looked like he was going to go for it on Priest. But then Dom clotheslined him. Once Dom, uh, once again, Dom implored Ray to hit him. And Ray went to leave. So Dom shoved him from behind. Ripley then held Ray against the ropes. So Dom could hit him with a 619. Dom then stood over his father. As all of a sudden, weirdly, and maybe it's because I was on the USA Network app or something. But it just <clears throat> cut the commercial. It was a weird cut. I don't know if same for you or not but it felt like just a really weird cut no i didn't get that cut yeah it just abruptly went to commercial i was like whoa okay but i, I watch on the app the usa app so i don't know i watch on youtube tv yeah see my youtube tv only gives me west coast so would have to if i only had the west coast i'd still be watching raw right now but the for anybody quick little tip out there if anybody's got cable but you only get like west coast feed use the usa network app log in with your i'm telling you right now mr bangs he says usa network app free you log in with your tv provider whether that's xfinity at&t dish network or youtube tv and it'll give you both the east coast and west coast feeds of the usa network so as long as you have cable or access to somebody else's login for their cable service, whether that's YouTube TV or Comcast Xfinity, then you can watch right there on the USA Network app. Same thing with um, AEW. That's how I watch AEW is through the TBS app. It gives you the East Coast and the West Coast feed. And there you go. I watch Dynamite Live. So just a little reminder or new news for you if you didn't know. Those apps, if you have a cable login, give you access you need. Going forward, after the break, we had Judgment Day. They bragged about Finn's win over Edge at Extreme Rules. Fowler said that he uh, pissed on our parade and had other members of Judgment Day remind us that he got Edge to say, I quit. Fowler wanted to remind us what happened, so they played a very long video package, didn't need to be as long as it was, of the match, recapping it and everything. Dom tried to speak, but he basically got the Vicky treatment from this crowd. Aller then moved on to talk about AJ Styles. Didn't speak long until AJ interrupted. Styles couldn't believe their long friendship was going to go down like this. Aller was about to speak, but Styles told him, I'm not here to argue. Not at all. Styles said that Aller was right. Everything he needed was right in front of him. He knew what he needed was friends 
more importantly, family. Styles got, to, got down to a knee in front of Balor before they hugged. Balor was thrilled, thinking, you're going to do it. You're going to join us. And AJ told him, quote, I wasn't talking about you. And then out would come the good brothers, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, and they joined AJ. I, we knew it was coming. The report from PW Insider this morning was that they're most likely signing and they're coming at any time this month, most likely. And not just any time this month, tonight. I did not expect it to be tonight, honestly. No, me neither. I did not expect it. None, me neither. So the, crowd, the question here is, question here is, what do they do with the never open weight title? Are they just going to have Carl Anderson just hand it over? I would assume. Uh, I think they'll let him actually drop it. I think they'll let him do whatever match he's got to do to drop it. Whether that is in the next two months or they do it in January at Wrestle Kingdom, let him go to Japan for the, for the week. I think it's a Wednesday show anyways. Let me see. Wrestle Kingdom this week is a Wednesday, Thursday. So technically, he can work Raw on Monday and then head straight to Japan if he wants to drop it in Japan at Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe they do it on a upcoming New Japan US show. There's options, but I think they'll allow him to actually drop it. I have a feeling at least, and maybe I could be wrong on this, but I have a feeling they'll actually let him drop it instead of just, oh, vacated the belt. So where yeah. was I? Go for it. You can go ahead. Okay. So crowd started chanting, holy shit, as they saw Gallows and Anderson. Gallows punched Dominic, and the two sides started to brawl. Styles, Gallows, and Anderson almost got to Balor, but he managed to escape. So overall, I think this was a very, very successful segment as far as reintroducing Gallows and Anderson. And we know that it was Triple H that wanted them in this company. Triple H, if you don't know the story, back in 2019, everybody knew that, you know, their contracts were coming up. And that there was going to be an offer from AEW. Because, of course, they're really close with the Young Bucks. Young Bucks had been trying to court them to go to AEW. Triple H had a meeting with them in the locker room in Japan. And said, hey, we'll offer you this much money to stay with us. And we'll take care of you and your families. But stay with us. Whatever they're going to offer you, they can't offer you what we can. And Triple H tried to like downplay what AEW was or what AEW was going to be. I think the rumor was that Triple H actually told them, just think about it. Where, where, where are they going to be in the next three to five years? They may not even be here, but we, the WWE, will. That was one of Triple H's pitches to them. And I think it was like 750000 a year that they were offered. It may have been more. I don't know exactly, but that was the rumored number. And they agreed. They said, okay, we like what Triple H is saying. Because Triple H was like, Here's the offer, but like we need to know now if you're going to stay. And they agreed. In turn, because they agreed, kind of soured AEW, hence why they didn't go immediately to AEW when they were released by WWE. And then six months later, Paul Heyman eventually apparently got in Vince's ear and they were released. But it was always Triple H that was very big on we need to retain these guys. Yes, their contracts are coming up, but we need to keep them. So once Triple H was in charge, it was inevitable that Triple H was going to at least try hard to bring them back, which he did. 
So as we move forward, Byron Saxon had a sit-down interview. With at first, it looked like it was just Bailey, and then the camera panned out, and it was all of damage control. So basically, he asked her about losing to EO, or not to EO, to Bianca at, whoop, what the hell? Why did my web browser just open all of a sudden? That was weird. Um, where was I? He ba, 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 asked about damage control and if her losing to Bianca is a setback for damage control and Bailey didn't want to respond. Bailey didn't want to answer and Dakota's like, you know what? I'll take this. And she's like, no, Byron. It is not a setback. Because Bailey, she believes in us and we believe in her. When I was at my lowest, my rock bottom, Bailey was the one that helped me. Bailey was the one that brought me back. She lifted me up, and now we are going to lift her up. EO said something into Kai's ear that we didn't hear. Kai said that they would do anything for Bailey, and she would get the gold that she deserved. Bailey said that she would kick Candice LeRae's ass tonight, basically saying, hey, I got a match with Candice, even though it wasn't previously announced. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That match is going to be good. Give me one second here. So then we're in the back. We're in the garage area. And you see Heyman. You see Solo. You see Roman. Jay walks up. They're all walking to the SUV. And they all look like they're having a good time. And they're getting in the SUV. And Roman's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? Where are you going? He's like, wise man. Hooked us up. We're going to do New York right. We're going to, to Manhattan. We're going to have a good old time. And Jay's like, heck yeah. And he's like, well, you're not coming with us. He's like, what do you mean I'm not coming with you? He's like, you need to stay here with Sammy. He's like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, where Sammy goes, you go, and vice versa. And you need to make sure Sammy wins tonight. And Jay's like, all right, hey, oops, let's go. And Roman looks at him and goes, excuse me? Solo's with me tonight. They all get in the SUV, and Jay's like, oh, this motherfucker. Again, where is this going? <laughs> I have no idea. I can honestly see them doing just Jay versus Sammy, like loser leaves the bud line. I could definitely see that. I don't know if it happens, but I can see it. Maybe. And then, and then in the end, Jay loses. Let's go forward to a six-minute match. It was Candice LeRae versus Bailey. The match was... I would say not great. Could have been a little better. Maybe I felt like the crowd didn't get into this match enough. And so it kind of just took the overall vibe of the match down a little bit. But overall, these two women worked really well together. So it was a six-minute match. Of course, damage control came out, interfered in this and that. Um, I like wrote nothing for my notes for some reason. Bianca Belair also ran out at one point as well to try to even the odds, but damage control still had the man advantage. And they were too much, and they laid her out. Bailey then gave Belair an elbow drop onto the title. This is all after Candice actually won with a surprise out-of-nowhere roll-up. Not going to lie here. Go for it. Not going to lie here. I'm surprised Bailey didn't win at Extreme Rules. Oh, yeah, me too. That's surprising. Yeah. And it's I mean, like, go for it. What? I've seen quite a few tweets of people saying like, oh, like damage control is already like ruined. They should have Bailey win. I think there's still time to put the title on Bailey. Like I trust, I trust Triple H to make this right. I don't think it's destroyed. So 
I was part of that sentiment on Saturday, but not just because Bailey lost. I was part of the, they hurt, and I wouldn't say damaged and killed the damage. I wouldn't say they killed damage control, but I would say they hurt them a lot. Not because Bailey lost. That's fine. Like, Bailey should have won, in my opinion, and they all have gold and this and that. That would have been cool. Well, I think what hurt damage control was how easily Bianca fought all three off by herself, no problem. I think that made damage control look a little weak. I, I definitely agree with you on that one. Because it was like, okay, she beat Bailey, whatever. I'm not I'm not harping on Bailey should have won, Bailey shouldn't. But it was the whole fact of Dakota came out, Neo came out, and they attacked her, and it was three on one at one point. Then Bailey got dispatched and it was still two on one. And then she took them both out by herself, the double KOD. And this, and it was just like, if Bianca can fight them all off by herself with no help at all, then why are we supposed to take them as a threat when there is even odds? Like, say, Asuka and Bliss come back and the, even the odds, or it's Candace and somebody else with Bianca. It's like, okay, if Bianca could beat all three of them up by herself, just think if Bianca's got help, then she's going to really be able to beat them by herself. Like, beat them, no problem. So that's the reason I felt like Saturday didn't do damage control favors is because Bianca beating all their asses by herself just made them look kind of weak. As we move forward, Maurice and The Miz were in the back. And I want your opinion on this one. Maybe it was just my, my speaker sounding weird. Did Maurice sound a little sick tonight? Like she was stuffed up? She sounded like she had a really bad stuffed nose, like she had a cold or something. Especially when she was in the ring at first doing, like announcing, this is the birthday of my husband, the Miz. And she sounded like all stuffed up. I don't think so. I'll have to go back and rewatch it. I didn't really think she sounded stuffed up. Yeah. Maybe, I'll, again, I'll, I'll rewatch it after this. Maybe, maybe it was just my speaker or something. But she sounded like she was very stuffed up. Like either she had a cold and was just coming off of it, or she's just catching one or something. I don't know, but she sounded all stuffy-nosed. Anyways, they're in the back before the segment starts, and she's got this long old package gift or whatever, and she's like, here, this is your first gift. Open it up. He's like, what is it? What is it? What is it? And I'm like thinking, ooh, is it a golf club? We know that the Miz likes to golf, and then I saw the shape of it. I'm like, nope, it's not a golf club. It's a baseball bat. And I go, oh, that's interesting. Huh. Okay. Then we go to commercial. Also, awkwardly, they, their kiss backstage was very awkward as well. But it could have because they were kissing. They were kind of like, mm, but, and maybe this was just Maurice trying to look out for Dexter Loomis or something backstage. Because she almost had the, like, I don't want to kiss you right now. And, like, looking off, like, I know he's kissing me, but I don't want to do this. So maybe it was she was more concerned with the whole Dexter can pop up at any time. Thanks. So she was trying to keep her eye open for that, but it just came off awkward after the commercial. Yeah. I noticed that as well. So, I definitely noticed that So after the commercial, Maurice was in the ring. She basically welcomed us to Mrs. Birthday bash. She said she set all this up for him and she introduced her husband, the Miz. The Miz was very excited and he thanked her for doing all of this. And she's like, I spent this was another weird thing, because if you've watched Miz and Mrs., you know how much of a cheapskate the Miz is and how much Miz doesn't like to spend money. But when 
she kept going on about, I spent a lot of money and I spent a lot of money on this and I spent a lot of money on this. And Miz was like, yeah, really? Yeah, you spent money? You, it was that expensive? Cool. I was like, no, 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 no. If you ever watched any episode of Miz and Mrs., you know that Miz will try his damnedest to make sure Maurice doesn't spend a lot of money, to make sure that if Maurice spends money, for somehow for him to go and get a deal when he actually makes the payment. There's like four episodes I can think of right off the top of my head of Miz being a cheapskate and getting mad when Maurice spends money. So this didn't make sense. I can sense. think of one episode right now. Which one? So there was this episode there. They were out to dinner. And I think this was back when Maurice was pregnant with one of the kids. And Maurice ordered pasta with like truffles in mm-hmm. it. You know, truff- truffles is very expensive. Mm-hmm. So Miz's dinner was only like 40 bucks. Maurice's dinner was 600. Yeah. And, and Miz got very upset about it. There's also the other one of weekend of WrestleMania in New York. Maurice wants to throw a birthday party for Monroe. It's her first birthday. And she's like, yeah, let's have it at this place. And it's five, $600 for the party. And Miz is like, she's one years old. You can't just get a cake from Basket Robbins, put a candle on it, and say happy birthday. Why do you gotta spend all this money? And then there's the other one of they're doing the um what is it, the baby shower. And to save money on the cake for the baby shower, they're like, Oh yeah, we can we can deliver it for two hundred dollars extra. And it's like, excuse me, I can come pick it up myself to save that money, and then they mess up the cake. But yeah, there's there's multiple episodes of Miz being cheap, getting mad. Maybe mad is not the right word. But getting upset when Maurice tries to spend too much on things that he can get a deal on or get cheaper. So when he was like excited for her saying, this cost this much and this was expensive and I spent a lot. It felt out of character for what we know of him on Miz and Mrs. And apparently that's Miz in real life. Like that's apparently Miz in real life. Pinch and penny, try to save money wherever he can. Yeah, if I had a lot of money, I would still be cheap. Oh, well, that's the whole thing. A lot of rich people always say, how do you think I keep all my money? I watch what I spend, and I'm kind of a cheapskate. But anyways, they're in the ring, and she says something about the bat, and Miz is excited upon realizing that his bat was signed. The best home run hitter in baseball, Jose Ramirez. The joke there is not Aaron Judge. There was a table set up with gifts, so Maurice told him to grab one. He did, but he couldn't lift it, and he couldn't lift it. And then finally he lifts it up, and there's the head of Dexter Loomis through the table. He's like looking, he's like, what? This box was just heavy, now it's not. Why can't, oh. Turns around, sees Dexter, puts the box back on Dexter's head. Excuse me. Puts the box back on Dexter's head, hits it with the um, baseball bat, starts beating up everything with the baseball bat. Dexter slips out of the ring. Dexter then comes back in the ring behind the Miz. And this is when this whole thing went off the rails. Because what was supposed to happen here, it's blatantly obvious what was supposed to happen here, and it didn't happen right. Dexter puts him in the choke. Miz starts kicking. Maurice is trying to grab at Miz. Miz kicks her. She falls back, flips around. She's supposed to go face first into the cake. At least it's what it looked like. But she missed the cake, and she fell next to the cake and knocked the top off the cake. She then grabs the cake and like starts pulling at it a little bit. Then Miz gets out of the ring. 
We then see Maurice grabbing at the cake and trying to like put it on her face or something because she's like, I'm supposed to have cake on my face and I don't have cake on my face. And uh oh, what do I do? And then finally, she just jumps out of the ring. She literally just looks at Dexter and goes, I'm done with this, whatever, and gets out of the ring. So it all went hell in a handbasket. Maurice, well, at least that's what it looked like it was supposed to be. Maurice was supposed to go face first into the cake. She missed it. She fell wrong. She tried to like compensate and it just didn't work. It just didn't work. Crowd then started. My question, is, my question is, how did Dexter even get under the table? Because he didn't get under the table through the ring. Fans had to have seen him go like under the table. Well, here's the, here's here's the thing, and here's maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil the 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 element of surprise for you. Whenever there's a wrestler hiding somewhere near the ring, they bring them out there when the lights are all down and they're just running a video on the video board on the the big screen, so the fans are all looking at that. And then everything else around the ring is dark. So that's when they slide somebody under the ring or into the ring or whatever. So everyone's focused on there's a video on the big screen. We're watching that. Usually if it's a Raw or SmackDown during the commercial. And that's when they sneak the person out there when no one's watching the ring. I mean, got to be like a few people that still... I mean, yeah, there's, a, there's, there's someone there. There's, there's, there's people that usually notice it, but that's how they, they try to sneak them out there is they'll do it during a commercial when the lights are all down and there's just a video up on the screen and they're just hoping of, oh, everyone's looking at the screen. Let's sneak this guy out there. Whether that's under the ring or in this case, in the ring under the table. So, yeah. After the quick little thing, after Maurice walks off, Dexter finds a knife. He pops. Oh, I didn't even mention. They brought in a bunch of um, workout balls or whatever you want to call them. And they had Miz's face on them. And he's like, oh, two big balls. And so Dexter popped both of those with the knife. Dexter then walks over to the cake. The crowd starts chanting, eat the cake, eat the cake, eat the cake. And then he slices, takes a slice and eats the cake. Eh, I felt like it was a little bit of a waste of time. I mean, it's just some comedy that they're trying to add. But what does it lead to? Dexter versus Miz? Win. I would have thought that match would have happened by now. Maybe they wait to do it on Halloween so they can do that to the house match. Right. Halloween is on a Monday. So we got Shawn Michaels, Road Dog, and X-Pac. Hyped up two jobber guys in the back before they were approached by Miz and Maurice, who complained about Loomis. And I'm like, why are they going to them? I guess maybe Sean, even though he's in charge of NXT, maybe go to Road Dog because he works on the main roster in, a, in an official capacity. I don't know. Road Dog suggested Miz face Loomis next week, and if he loses, Loomis would get his balls. Like, guess next week's the match? I don't know because they never really said anything else about that. So is the match official for next week or not? I don't know if it's actually official. And what that really means of, he gets your balls. Like, I don't know what that means. Right. Magmalord uh, says, Magmalord in the chat says, Sean said next week, yes. But then usually if there's a match announced, like, at least not usually, but over the past, since Triple H took over, they've been doing a good job of towards the end of the show going, next week we have this and this and this. But I didn't see any of that tonight. Because they've usually been doing a good job of that on both Raw and SmackDown. And then the whole, if you lose, Miz, he gets your ball. What, is, what does that even mean? He gets your balls. 
So they never officially said the match was taking place next week. So I don't know. Uh, handicap match. Omos against some jobbers. And then one is less than a minute and a half. It was more than a longer than a minute, less than 90 seconds. Omos beat the two guys. Then afterwards, he hit him with some tree slams. That was it. They then replayed the entire Bray Wyatt return from the pay-per-view. Uh, Howard Bubba says, yes, the Miz versus Dexter next week. Dexter also going to get a contract if he wins. When was that announced? Dexter How's it? Well, they said this during the segment where, where like, Sean and Road Dog were saying, like, how about you fight Dexter? And if Dexter wins, he gets a contract. Oh, see, I must have just not heard that part then. Okay, gotcha. I must have heard it wrong or just overlooked that. Gotcha. Then. Go for it. <clears throat> so, I, I don't know if this was said. I think when Dexter, like, came back to WWE, he wasn't really listed on, like, Raw or SmackDown. Mm. So, like, maybe this was set up to, like, if Dexter beats Miz, he gets a contract on Raw. Right. He's now officially part of WWE, even though he's been coming here as an outsider, I guess you could say. Then we got another hype moment. Bobby Lashley enters for his title defense against Seth Rollins. Lashley reminded us that he's beaten Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar. And he's ready for Seth Rollins, and then he calls him out. Yet, instead of Seth, out comes Brock. Brock Lesnar makes his way out to the ring. Lesnar wore blue jeans and jean jacket. Well, the, the vest, whatever you want to call it. Lesnar seemed to be in a good mood and happy to see Bobby Lashley. That was until he suplexed him and gave him multiple F5s. The crowd chanted, welcome back for Brock. Lesnar put Lashley in the Kimura before letting him go. Lashley or Lesnar then put his cowboy hat on and left. So Brock, Brock's back. He's going to do something with Bobby. And maybe that's the match with Saudi. Brock versus Bobby Lashley. It'll be good. I think it'd be a good match. Yeah, I definitely agree. Seth Rollins would make his way out to the ring. He still wanted his match with, uh, with uh, Bobby for the title. So officials are helping Bobby Lashley to the back or whatnot. And he's like, hey, Bobby, where are you going? I thought you're a fighting champion. I thought you're supposed to be a soldier. You're just going to leave? Really? Really? Come on. Lashley then limped back towards the ring, told them, you know what? Start the match. Match only goes two and a half minutes. Lashley went for a spear immediately, but Rollins countered into a pedigree for a near fall. Rollins followed this up with the frog splash for another near fall. Lashley hit a spear, but was too hurt to capitalize. Lashley hit a series of, or no, Rollins hit a series of strikes and then a stomp before pinning Bobby Lashley to become the new United States champion. Rollins then celebrated with the belt in the ring on the announce table and so forth. There we go. New U.S. champion, Seth Rollins. And nothing with Riddle here. Like, Riddle beat him at the pay-per-view, and then nothing. I feel like the reason why they didn't do it, because they were already, like, because they were already trying to make it seem like they were going to be focused on like Riddle versus Sammy, then maybe, right. like, 
I do something with Brittle versus Roman. Yeah, maybe. But I would say maybe next week on Raw they'll probably do something with Riddle and Seth. Mm-hmm. We then got a spooky Bray Wyatt video that basically told us, hey, Friday, Bray. So I think it was saying Bray's going to actually be on the show Friday. So Bray's a SmackDown member, I guess. I do want to say this about Bray's debut. Mm-hmm. Go for it. So a lot of people, I think a lot of people are already saying maybe, like already like predicting who those like Firefly Funhouse characters are going to be. A lot of people are saying maybe the Fiend is going to be Bo Dallas. Maybe. For some reason, like I don't know why people are saying this. People are people think Buzzard is going to be Grayson Waller. Mm, I don't like the Grayson Waller character. Like I'm not the demo, I guess you could say, for what the Grayson Waller character is supposed to be. He's supposed to be like the young, hip social media guy. But I would think that would be a step back for him. I think we're not supposed to like him. And so me not liking him is actually him doing his job well. So I think that would be a step back for him. Maybe Joe will know. If they're going to be actual people in the end, because I was saying, honestly, Joe Gacy, I think Joe Gacy could be the rabbit. Maybe. The, the weirdest one was, like, they're, everyone's trying to predict who is this person and who is this, if they're actually going to be real people. But the only one that I noticed that had any sort of a tease, like a clue, was Abby the Witch. She had two championships next to her. I mean, it could have just been just a coincidence of just a fan having those titles. Maybe, but I felt like those were there for a reason. I want to look something up really fast. If I can hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to do something really quick. Can I get a screenshot of the witch? Yes. I need to try something really fast. Hold on. Okay, two seconds. I want to look closer at those belts. All right, never mind. I thought maybe... The side plates on those belts could be a giveaway, but they're just the WWE logo. Never mind. Wait, wait. Or I need to look at one other thing. I need to look at one other thing. Um, oh, I have it here. I have it here. Actually, it might not be the WWE logo after all. I need to look at something really quickly. Um, where is it? Where is it? Ooh. Was this, did they give it away? Let me see. Um, hmm. Now let me look. I'm looking at different side plates really quickly because I want to see something. Could that be... Um, let me look at one more thing really fast. Come on, come on, come on. No, those are generic WWE side plates. Never mind. That's not... Because I thought maybe the side plates could be like... They put certain wrestler side plates on it to tease, but no, they're generic WWE logo side plates. So, yeah, I don't know. That whole thing is just freaky, though. Yeah. I just want to say, like, have you seen the... uh... Winnie the Pooh horror movie trailer. Oh, Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey or whatever it's called. Yeah, that's what's reminding me of. 
little bit. It's reminding me of that movie. Uh-huh. Also, have you seen, you may not have seen the movie, but maybe you've seen an image of the character or you've seen the trailer for the Ethan Hawke movie that recently came out, The Black Phone? I have, I have not seen that. So, soon as I saw the, the mask Bray was wearing on Saturday, I go, wow, that looks like the Black Phone mask. Well, apparently, the guy that made the, the mask for the movie Black Phone made Bray's new mask as well. So that's why I thought they were similar. Let me see if I can pull it up on the screen here. Um, bu -bu 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 -bu. The Black Phone. Let's see if I can do this on the fly. Um, we have this image here. And then let me get Bray Wyatt's new mask. Have that image. Oh, let's go here. Bray Wyatt Extreme Rules. Probably the best one we can find. Save that one. I'll pull them both up here so we can compare really fast. The only difference is the one from the Black Phone movie has horns on it. But if we look here, let's share the screen. You should be able to see it here in a second. Oh, uh, why is it not working? There we go. So... This is Bray's new mask. Whoop, wrong screen. Hold on. That didn't work. Come on. There we go. Why is it not wanting to stay up? Here we go. Okay. So that's Bray's new mask. And then this is the black phone. Kind of got similar vibes in the way that they look. Like Bray. Black phone. And then knowing that the same guy made both masks now makes a lot of sense. Just the way they're... It's the, it's the eyes, honestly. The eyes yeah. and the teeth a little bit. Exactly. That's what I was thinking, too. The eyes and the teeth. But, like, as soon as I, I saw... Like if, Go for it. I feel like if we got, like, better looks of the mask for Bray, because mm -hmm. it was mainly just in the dark... Right. It would look maybe, like, more similar? Maybe. But Bray's also got some, if you see here... Facial hair features on his as well. The mustache, the goatee. So, I mean, cool looking for what we've seen so far of the mask. I like it. I think it's it's cool. It's different. I'm glad that they went completely different than the Fiend mask and didn't do like a, hey, remember the Fiend mask? Well, it's a similar. No, I'm glad they went completely the opposite direction. Did something way different. But, yeah. Same guy made both masks. It was really cool. Uh, Magmalord says in the chat, there was a photo on Twitter with all those Wyatt characters standing together and Sister Abigail looked too tall to be Alexa or Liv. Hey, you ever heard of platform boots? Make someone look taller? Lifts in your shoes? You can make anybody look taller than they are. But another reason people keep saying Liv, there's two reasons people keep saying Liv. A, because the dark, creepy little thing they did with her after the pay-per-view and B, 
Apparently, she's still dating Bo Dallas, and they think, bring Bo back with Bray, and then her and Bo can do stuff together. I don't know. People are almost, in my opinion, maybe, and maybe they're not, but maybe thinking too much into things. But what we're not thinking too much into. I'm just hoping it's not Alexa. I'm just hoping it's not Alexa again, because they just Mm -hmm. brought her back to just normal Alexa. It would not make sense to bring her back to Bray. No. Now, I wouldn't mind a slight tease or something. Maybe just like a a nod back to, remember when we were a thing? But now that she's on Raw and apparently he's going to be on SmackDown, we don't got to worry about that, maybe. You kind of teased it on Twitter. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. I don't know if you saw her last tweet, but she said, like, welcome back, old friend. Mm-hmm. So Byron Saxon approached Bobby Lashley in the back. Lashley was pissed off, and he challenged Lesnar to show up on Raw next week and prove he's nothing but a bitch. Um, you know what else is going to happen next week? You know, you know, you know. Elias is coming back. Finally, Elias, not Ezekiel, not Elrod, Elias. And I'm so happy. I was always an Elias fan. Like, as far as the character and him playing the character. I thought once he got into the ring, he was just average wrestler. But the character of Elias and how he portrayed what that character was supposed to be, I always freaking loved it. And now that he's back to the actual Elias character, my first question is, and I think we talked about this recently, how long's that beard? Uh, it has to take a while for him to grow the beard back. Exactly. Then, not main event segment time, but main event match time. Match got 16, over 16 minutes. It was Matt Riddle, Sami Zayn. And honestly, I liked the match a lot, but I felt like the first portion of the match, not a lot really happened. They were going back and forth. They were doing cool stuff, but it was just a match early on. I don't know if you thought different of the early portion of this match, but I felt like they knew they were going long. So they didn't want to like blow their load too early. Um, or they were probably trying to make it seem like Sammy was kind of like, I don't know, like struggling a little bit. Mm, maybe. Then maybe, maybe he's like, all right, I got this. So he starts going after it, but then eventually lost. Right. So at one point, it was after the first break. Maybe I wrote this wrong on my notes. Maybe it was before the break. Jay tried to get involved, but Zane told him not to. And this plays into the finish. So Zane tells him not to, which led to Riddle getting the upper hand. So yeah, this was after the first break. They go do some stuff. Then uh, Jay tries to get involved. Sammy says, no, don't get involved. I can do this myself, basically. They go to another break. Riddle was in control. Come back from the break. They're going back and forth and this and that. Riddle then hits an RKO out of nowhere. There's plenty of times where the Usos could have interfered to try to distract Riddle. Jimmy tried once and Jay stopped him. And Riddle defeats Sammy. And on commentary, the whole thing that Corey Graves kept saying was, hey, this is all on Sammy. Sammy told them not to help him. So Jay, you know, did what he said. Didn't help. So now the whole question is, how is Roman going to perceive that? Is Roman going to perceive that of Jay listened to Sammy 
or Jay didn't listen to Roman? That's the question. Is it he didn't he listened to Sammy or he didn't listen to Roman when Roman said, do whatever you have to do to make sure Sammy wins? Or maybe, you know, Sammy's like, like Roman, don't yell at Jay. I told him not to help me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think they go that route because Sammy's really been defending Jay a lot, mm-hmm. even though yeah. Jay doesn't like Sammy. That's the point. Sammy, even though Jay doesn't like him, Sammy is for everyone. Sammy will do anything for anybody in the bloodline, even Jay. So, bloodline, they just disappear. Riddle celebrates for a second. He walks up the ramp, and then we hear, break it down. They got seven minutes left in the show. Out comes the uh, Degeneration X, or as they call themselves, Degeriatric X. This is when Corey Graves made the Billy Gunn reference. His road dog's like, let's see if I still got it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, let me introduce to you one half of the seven-time world tag team champions, the, the road dog, Jesse James. And I appreciated that he let the crowd do the badass Billy Gunn. Like, he didn't just swoop right over it he knew they were going to do it, so he didn't say it, but he allowed them to say it. I liked that. I liked that. Like The new age outlaws. Triple H then wondered, who's been here for 25 years? Who was here when we first started? And the crowd all went nuts, and he goes, there ain't no way a good portion of you were even alive back then. Hunter and Michaels did their shtick. They played up that they're old, and Triple H is like, hold on, hold on. I need to take a breath. I need to take a breath. And he's like doing his thing or whatever. He's like, who's getting ready to, you know, they led the crowd into the suck it chance and all that. And he's like, I think Sean said something about if we're still here 25 years from now, make sure we don't, or I didn't write it down exactly, but he made a joke about if we're still here in another 25 years, send us home or something like that. It was an okay segment. It, It was five minutes. It hit crowd loved it. Seemed like it got over online. Cool. I mean, it was just something for the live crowd. Basically. I honestly was shocked that there wasn't more DX stuff throughout this show. Even like video package call. But also, 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 also. I want to give a shout out to X-Pac. Because he was the first one to speak. And the first thing he said was, I want to give a shout out to probably the greatest member. and the, 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 the biggest puzzle piece of all of DX. China. I do want to give him a shout out for that, but I was shocked we didn't get like, oh, here's your every like 30 minutes or something, DX moment, like history moment. Like this is a big moment in DX history callback video. Like I'm surprised like they didn't do like four or five of these biggest DX moment videos or something throughout the show. We got them at the beginning. We got the one when they were talking with the jobbers and the Miz, and then we got this at the end. That was it. And I'm like, ah, I expected more DX. So I like this at the end was cool, but if it didn't happen, I don't think anyone would be like, Oh, we needed more. Like, I don't think anyone's saying we needed more, but everyone's just like, it was cool for what it was, but it wasn't really much of anything. I'm going to think there's 
Billy Gunn's going to make a reference on Dynamite. On I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. But with that, that is everything that took place tonight on a Monday Night Raw. Remember, you guys can be part of the show. All you got to do is text into 510-906-1341. Again, that's 510-906-1341. Before we get to the text messages, we got to check the polls. Let's refresh these polls really quickly. Refresh that one. Let's refresh this one. Let's go to the Twitch poll. Twitch poll, 100% like tonight's Monday Night Raw. Heck yeah. Or as the Twitter poll does go, 83% liked the show. 15% thought it was just all right. And 1% didn't like it. Well, technically 1.2%. And the YouTube poll. 87% 87% liked it. 9% thought it was just all right. And 3% did not like Raw. Pull up some of the comments. Pull up some of the text messages here. This person says, really enjoyed it. Made a lot of sense to the buildup for Seth. At first, I thought it was dumb and stupid. The fact that he went in there with broken ribs and have Brock come back was great. Yeah, so I didn't mention that, but Seth's, Ribs were all taped up, and they made a reference to he may have a broken rib or something. I forgot to mention that. I didn't even write that down in my notes. First says, Raw was incredible. This person says, I liked Raw, and the DX was uh, the DX stuff was awesome. First says, one of the best Raws of the year. First says, good show. I just hate Brock. And why do they bury damage control? As far as the text messages do go. Person says... Do you see Triple H or Stephanie bringing back the Evolution pay-per-view? No. Because business-wise, it failed. I'm just going to say it right there. Business-wise, it failed. Could you bring it back just because? Sure. But if they're going to do that, then I'd prefer that they just do the Mae Young Classic again in NXT. That always got over pretty well. But the Evolution pay-per-view as a whole failed as far as it was the least watched show that year. And it made the least amount of money in ticket sales in a long time. <clears throat> That's why they haven't I done mean, another one. Go for it. I mean, it was cool. They were just trying to do something different. Right, yeah. I mean, Mickey James even said that uh, after that show... She then tried to, you know, talk to whoever she talked to. Let's do more women's stuff. Let's do more women's stuff. This was really cool. This is really fun. And they were like, yeah, no, it didn't work financially. It didn't work business-wise. Like, it basically, Mickey said at one point she tried to pitch doing, like, an all-women's thing more frequently. And they told her no because evolution failed in their eyes. Um, Howard Bubba says no wrestling wrap up coming back next week. I might be, I'm trying to see if maybe I do a little tweaks to the format. So I'm giving myself a week to like, now that I'm set, I can actually plan stuff out. I can think better than I could over the last two weeks trying to move and work at the same time. But wrestling wrap up should be back next Monday, maybe with a new look, maybe a new format, maybe something different. I don't know yet. The person says this is not related to raw, but I saw an extreme. Oh, we already talked about the live Morgan dark promo thing 
Chris says, you think Bobby faces Brock at Crown Jewel? Yes. Um, this person says, I'm starting to love wrestling again. What uh, This person also says, what's a good way to get someone who doesn't watch wrestling into wrestling? That's a great question. Haven't watched Young Rock? That's one way. Because I know people that don't like wrestling, but don't miss Young Rock every week. Like They lo love that show. And I, I know one fan or one friend in particular who watched wrestling when we were kids, after high school fell off, never came back, started watching Young Rock, has watched every episode, and now watches Raw and SmackDown almost every week. Just because he's like, watched Young Rock. And maybe this is just because he used to be a fan. But he watched Young Rock and was like, you know what? I do like this shit. And that's exactly what he told me. I he said it just like this. I do like this shit. Maybe I'm going to give it a chance again. And he did. He's not one of them that's got to watch every, that feels like he's got to watch every week, but he watches most weeks. So maybe have someone start off by watching Young Rock. Season, the you news, go for it. What got me into wrestling? Huh. WWE All-Stars. The game? Jesus Christ. That shitty game? Um, I was, I was, I was only in third grade when I, oh, well, game. that's different. That's different. Also, Young Rock season four, November 4th. No, season three. Whatever the new season is. The new season comes back November 4th, 2022. Next text I mean, message. WWE All-Stars wasn't bad, though. It was no. not a bad game. It was fun. It's better than TNA game. <laughs> yeah. First it says, um... I completely, uh, hear me out. I completely expect boss and glow connection to help the champs against damage control, especially after they brought up Sasha over and over extreme. Did they bring up Sasha over and over extreme rules? I think I remember like one mention, but that was it. I don't know. Um, they brought over Sasha over and over extreme rules. Do you guys think they will return soon or in a few weeks? Also, I think Bray as the white rabbit will attack Roman on Friday. No, because Roman's, Fully in with the Logan Paul stuff. So Roman ain't going to do anything else. If they have Bray go against Roman, then he's going to have to lose. Roman ain't getting beat by anybody right now, no matter who it is. So no, I don't think Roman attacks <clears throat> Bray or Bray attacks Roman. And as far as Sasha and Naomi do go, I mean, why do they need, why does she need to help Bianca get, why do they need to help Bianca against damage control when Bianca's already got three friends? She's got Candace, she's got Alexa, she's got Asuka. Why does she need Sasha and, and Naomi? And also, like when they have Bianca work on like SmackDown, they, they have Raquel and Shotzi help mm -hmm. her. Mm -hmm. So yeah. She also, and also about like Sasha and Naomi, like we don't know when they're, they want to come back. We don't know that. A lot of people thought it could have been tonight because for some reason, Naomi posted on her Instagram this morning that she was in New York City. So everyone's like, oh, they're coming back. They're coming. Nope. People lost their shit this morning online for nothing because Naomi posted an Instagram story. And at the very, very top of the story, it said, New York, New York. If she was coming back tonight, guys, she would not have posted she was maybe she would have posted the same video, but not tagged the location of New York. Like she's not that dumb. 
Um, this person says, if you zoom in on the picture of Wyatt's characters standing together, you can see that the person portraying Huskus has blue eyes. Well, let's see really fast. I can find that photo really fast on Twitter. I know exactly what photo they're talking about. Um, I think you could find it by saying Wyatt. Let's see. Um, here we go. I found it. Here's the image. Let's see. Open this up. Come on. Save image as. There we go. Let's see if we can zoom in on this. I mean, you can kind of tell. Not really. But it's like, okay. The only thing we know is the buzzard's a white guy. Buzzard's a white guy. Other than that, we don't know. Because I don't see skin on anybody else. So. Well, mm, oh no. The pig's a white guy too because the eyes are open here. You can see the pig and the buzzard are white. Others, we don't know. Could be anybody. Also, both Von Wagner and Carmelo Hayes worked matches for main event ahead of tonight's Raw. Forgot to mention that. But with that, guys, that's all the text messages. That's everything we got. We're going to wrap this up. I do want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. Thank you for watching or listening later. Whether that's YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher. Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Luke, tell them where they can find you. You can find me over at Twitter at Petke underscore 21. And you can also find me at Twitch at TheLukePetke. With that, guys, have a great rest of your Monday night. I will see you back here Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. Have a good night, guys. We'll see you next time. Have a good one.